Gotta stash, gotta stash, gotta stash away. Stash what? Stash away. I'm doing the stash away challenge to begin investing. Stash away for retirement, for my kids' education. Sounds like I need to stash away for my first home. You can stash away for any life goal. Just visit stashaway.my or download the Stash Away app to invest part of your salary or direct debit for long-term investment. That's the Stash Away challenge. Stash Away is licensed by the Securities Commission Malaysia. This is a download from BFM 89.9. The business station. A very good morning to everybody. This is BFM 89.9. It is 18 minutes past seven. I'm Chuang, joined by Sherwitz and Joyce. Now, this blockbuster from the Malaysian Reserve, quoting sources that the Malaysian Aviation Commission, the regulator for the industry, may potentially be disbanded. Now, sources are telling the paper that this proposal is currently being evaluated by the Transport Ministry, part of the government's move to control costs while regaining control over key decisions in the aviation industry. Yeah, the sources have uh, added, to, in, you know, sources in the Malaysian Reserve added that under the proposal, uh, functions of MAFCOM are expected to be returned to the Civil Aviation Authority of Malaysia and the Aviation Division under MOT. Both were regulating the industry before MEVCOM was established. Yeah, and some of the factors being considered in the proposal are that, you know, remuneration packages offered to MEVCOM's management and the high operating costs, for example, the rental of their office building there at KL Central. So, you know, looking at MEVCOM, actually they were formed March 1st, 2016. So that's... Very young. Yeah, just there'll be three tomorrow. Uh, They've been established to oversee consumer rights and administer commercial operations at airports. Um, I guess the question here is how effective are they and what is their actual role like what are they doing well judging by the current impasse between the air Asia's and the Malaysia airports in this world over the passenger service charges not a lot right they incur a cost of 25 million ringgit annually in terms of OPEX and their previous head honcho uh, uh, Tantri General retired Abdullah Ahmad was being paid 85,000 ringgit a month in salary. Now, he's, of course, replaced by the former Amno politicians and in the economist, Anung Sari Radi. He was, uh, he was brought on board to replace the retired general with a salary of 15,000 ringgit a month. So, obviously, this is quite incendiary and this is quite um, uh, uh, market-moving for both the aviation industry as well as for the listed airline operators and Malaysia Airlines. We try to call them. We try to call MAFCOM. We try to call uh, the various press secretaries and um, officers of the transport minister. Uh, so far, no good. Um, and uh, if, you know, uh, this is an open invitation to all concerned, especially MAFCOM, to come on and talk mm-hmm. about the ongoing discussion uh, that is at play here. They are still very much on the aviation theme. AirAsia, uh, having reported their fourth quarter earnings, um, they have seen better days. Now, for the fourth quarter of 2018, the airline posted a net loss of close to 400 million ringgit. That's a huge turnaround for the net profit of 373 million ringgit a year earlier. Yeah, so this is as a result of the higher fuel, pri- fuel prices and the you know, operating lease expenses. Average fuel price came in about $92 per barrel for the quarter under review versus the $69 per barrel a year earlier. So operating uh, lease expenses arose due to the completion of the group sale and lease back transaction. Well, looking at revenue in this period for fourth quarter 2018, it actually grew 6% to 2.8 billion uh, ringgit. And, you know, it was a uh there was a 16% increase in total passengers carried, but the load factor, I think that fell to 84% from 88% previously. So this means that passengers increased, but capacity increased by more and um, that wasn't filled. So maybe it's just that they're looking at the load factor that might 
impact their margins as so well. So in normal parlance, too many seats, too few bums. For the full year, though, net profit rose by 22%, up to 2 billion ringgit, or give or take a couple hundred million. Um, no, up to 1.98 billion ringgit um, from 1.6 billion ringgit a year earlier. Revenues rose by nearly 10% to 10.6 billion from a year earlier. And moving forward, quite ominously, the group says cost will be a big factor going forward. Yeah, and uh, turning around its operation in the Philippines, uh, that's something that they want to do as well and expand operation in Indonesia. Uh, so Air Asia closed down about 2% at 3 ringgit and 4 cents yesterday, giving it a market capitalization of about $10.16 billion. So uh, we've gleaned some notes from Public Investment. They had uh, a research note out on these earnings. They said that statistics for the fourth quarter for the airline were above expectations and they actually carried more passengers by about, um, you know, from a year earlier. But they uh, also exceeded the growth of the available seat per kilometer. But they believe that air travel demand higher for the quarter was due to seasonality as the period was during the year and holidays and festivities. So, uh, estimates were above uh, expectations mm. for them and um, I guess it was quite a positive note but really it is an uh, issue of operating costs and ex- outlooks going forward. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they will have to keep a close eye on to cost and it's not just airlines, you know, I think a lot of companies are very mindful of their cost expenses moving forward because um, I think sentiment, I don't know, from on the ground, I'm still feeling sentiment is still not quite there. Yeah, maybe for holiday down. travel, uh, it's okay, but business travel, maybe not so. Mm. Um, and, you know, going from aviation regulators to uh, airline earnings to basically tourist arrivals and very much in the same vein, for 2018, the numbers have missed targets for the eighth straight year. Now, arrivals to the country did not meet targets again last year, making this, of course, the eighth year. There's not a lucky number for the country. Uh, 25.8 million people arrived in Malaysia compared with a target of 26.4. So we missed it by 0.6. That's no good. Yeah. So we, how much have we made? So tourists' seat came in about 84.1 billion, falling short of the 84.9 billion target. Um, but it rose 2.4 year on year from 82 billion in 2017. Per capita expenditure, Malaysia saw about 2.9 year on year increase to th- uh, over 3,200 ringgit and also uh, from the initial 3,166 ringgit. I think, you know, we have to relook at our strategy for tourism. We were having this conversation earlier this morning about how Singapore markets itself so well, um, you know, and we have to relook at what we're doing here. I think when it comes to traveling, uh, it's beyond just standing in front of KL. CC the Twin Towers, it is very beautiful and taking a photo, but I think we have to go beyond that you know, and look into what uh, tourists want today. It's all about experience as well, uh, just not so much as just to take a photo yeah. but beyond that. Yeah, speaking about experience as well, we did also speak about customer service as well uh, with regards to uh, government service. Not to say that uh, this relates to tourism directly, but Overall, customer service, our our people as well. I mean, that too could contribute. Well, to I mean, the, the fact of the matter remains, Malaysia has been hit by a maelstrom of of adverse events the last ten years. I mean, even the last five years, we had QZ eight five zero one, we had MH um, to, um, the, the MH seventeen, MH the other MH disasters. So three airline disasters. We've had a whole series of um, things like haze, which hasn't been good. We've had the uh, Bursay rallies, which haven't uh, instilled tourism confidence. We've also had things like ICED, which hasn't sent the the right messages to the rest of the world. So, I mean, when you compare us to, to say, Thailand, which is just next door, they had 38 million visitors last year. That's 10 million more, or in fact more, 12, 13 million more than us. And Thailand, give or take, is not that much larger than us. But they've got a stronger narrative than Malaysia, I would say. Yeah, definitely. And it increased. Uh, the number of tourists visiting Thailand increased year on year. And um, what are they doing right? Because Thailand has haze as well. 
Thailand has pollution as Correct. well. And they had the floods in Bangkok. They've mm. had various uh, um, uh, conflagrations with the military and, and various, uh, you know, it's, it's the, the army runs the country right now. It and continues people, to do so. And yet people want to visit Thailand. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And majority, but what's interesting is that the uh, majority of the tourists that come to Malaysia are from the Southeast Asia country. So I think um, our currency has been quite appealing. I mean, it's becoming the reason why people are oh, coming yeah, over for sure. yeah, for shopping. And I think, uh, and also they're looking at staying, uh, they, they do stay here longer for about 6.5 days. Hotels here in comparison to a lot of other, you know, uh, countries within Southeast Asia, we are comparatively low. We are very, very cheap. And I think for me, that's the bright spark. For pe- for tourists come, coming to Malaysia, the average length of stay is now 6.5 nights. That's a big deal because it used to be somewhere around three or four days at a time. Now they're staying for six and a half days. And they're also spending more money per day for, for, from, a, from, from last time. And that's a good thing. So now we need to get more people to come to visit Malaysia mm-hmm. and to send out, to stop sending out the wrong signals about the country. We are clean, we are affordable, it's nice to come in. There's all kinds of things. There's the we beach, have the best there's the shopping. Food, despite the, the Singapore salad. Don't listen to the Singaporeans. Salad. They're not always telling the truth. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's also important to look at what is the budget for tourism. A government is, has previously announced that they would allocate about 100 million in matching grants to the private sector uh, for running promotion and marketing campaign overseas. So this is something that we should keep a watchful eye. Again, 100 million is a lot of money, but it's how you spend it as well. I mean, mm. you don't, you're not going to waste it on on silly looking looking poster or logo that doesn't you know really do us any justice. Yeah. So uh, breakfast grill today we have uh, Chief Minister of Penang Chao Kong Yao coming. Come on. Yeah, on the for the interview, and I think it'll be good to ask him what is the tourism strategy for Penang as well. How does it position itself? You know what what are they doing? Because they have to go beyond the you know, the food and all that, you know, they have to relook at, at their strategy. Yeah, I mean, just going back to your point, Sharit, it's true. I mean, a five-star hotel in Malaysia is so much more cheaper than a comparable uh, hotel in Singapore or even Bangkok or even Saigon. And that's something, it's something that Malaysia has to deal with in terms of being stuck in the middle income trap. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is now 28 minutes past seven. We're going to be coming back with the 7.30 news. And then after that, more international news and headlines, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.